0: That was like a pivotal moment for me where I kind of figured out, okay, if this is not the right thing, what is? So I really had to dig deep and kind of figure out, you know, what is my zone of genius? What is that I love to do? And I want to make sure that the things that I do is aligned with who I am and what I really having a huge desire for. (laughs)
1: Hey, feasters, welcome to episode six of season eight of Live in the Feast. I'm Jason, aka Rez, helping you grow your business by having a conversation with someone who's been there, had success, and built a business designed around the life that they want to live. That's Live in the Feast. If this is your first time listening, where have you been? (laughs) Well, I'm just kidding. Hit that subscribe button so that you do get notified every time a brand new episode drops. Live in the Feast is in your podcast app of choice. If you have heard the show before, why not go ahead and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or go ahead and drop a comment in Breaker or CastBox. Today's co-host is Ken Westgard. Ken helps coaches and course creators have fun and profit from their launches. Amazing, right? How can you have fun and profit at the same time? Well, That's what Ken does for his clients. One of the reasons why I wanted to bring Ken onto the show was because as someone who helps their clients with launches, I imagine that he'd have a thing or two to share with us about the current economic and society shifts that we're actually going through today. In this episode, we dive into being psychologists and cheerleaders for our clients, the importance of Putting our offerings into the world and not speaking for our customers, and how important it is to have another perspective on things that, well, help guide us to do the things that we were actually meant for. Ken gives us gold in this episode, so let's dive in. Hey Feasters, welcome to another episode of Live in the Feast. I am super excited to have Ken on the show. I mean, Ken, we've uh, (laughs) talked on social for so many years, it seems. And, uh, you know, like we were just saying, like, it's been a long time since we've been face to face. So it's great to have you here and and welcome to the show.
0: It's great to be here. Um, Like I said, yeah, we feel like we've been long friends for a long time, uh, for many years. Definitely on you know, social media and stuff like that so yeah it's great to catch up and uh, just have a conversation with you yeah i mean
1: for me the thing that's always stuck out in my mind is because you know i know that you're over there in Scandinavia or norway but always the dodger hat like that has always been seemed like a staple of yours like are you a dodger fan is it what, what's
0: the no it's not a particular dodger fan or anything like that but uh you know you just like to wear caps and that's, that's the end of the story. Nothing <laughs> exciting, really. I'm sorry. I don't want to
1: have an exciting story to No, it's all good, man. I mean, that that's, you know, that's, it's funny because, uh, you know, people ask me too about like my name, Rez, like, that I use online. They're like, why three Zs? And I, I don't have anything in particularly amazing about the three Zs. It was just, I was lazy as a kid in college and somebody had took my handle on a video game which was Res with two Z's and I just wanted to play the game. So I added a third Z (laughs) and away you go. And that's it. You know, I was just like, all right, I'll I'll carry that through. So um, awesome. Well, enough of that. I wanted to have you on the show here because, you know, this season's all about building business and, you know, obviously, you know, in the time that is 2020 that we're living in now, I don't know about you. I mean, I know you have the podcast too, and you have a lot of conversations also, But I find that there's a lot of people that are either at the highs of a high, like they're doing really good on their business or like low. They're just like, you know, hey, I'm just scratching by to put the food on the table and the in-between is not there. Have you found that?
0: Yeah, it kind of sounds like similar conversation that I've had as well, you know, that there's people who seen that, you know, they can't really handle all the work that's coming in because this crisis is kind of flipped their business and made it a really big success. And then, like I said, there's other people who are really struggling to make ends meet. And um, yeah, it seems like the in-between is kind of missing, but it might be just that we don't really hear about it. And there's just people you just mm. going by and everything is kind of like normal. So they really don't talk about it, but um, definitely, I feel the same way. So you help businesses,
1: online businesses specifically launch can you describe a little bit about what that is and, and how you help them? Yeah, sure.
0: So it's uh, mainly coaches and course creators that I help. And I help them plan and execute the launches. So basically, it's, it's really that simple. Because I believe that if you're going to launch a online course or product service, whatever it is, I think it's really important that you kind of make sure that you plan out your launching. I'm not saying that you always have to do this, but I, I believe that if you do that, you have a very chance of success because you, mm-hmm. once you get to the actual launch and you have kind of done the whole launch runway up until launch, you are in a totally different headspace. Your mindset is different. You have the ability to handle stuff coming in, uh, stuff happening. You're not floundering around. You know, trying to you know write those last emails, uh, finishing up the slides for the webinar, all that stuff that you. Tend to do if you just have you know a couple of weeks to finish off launch, but if you plan all this ahead, you got that all taken care of. You can focus on serving your audience, showing up, having fun, and hopefully making more profit because your energy is in a total different place than if you're trying to you know do everything all at once. Mm-hmm.
1: So, how did you get into that specifically? Like. I mean, were you a designer, developer, and you kind of like went the marketing route? Because that's kind of how I fell into email marketing. I was a developer and I worked with a lot of e-commerce clients and it just naturally flowed into that. How did you get into it?
0: That's actually kind of, I think that's where we kind of touch points on email marketing actually at some point. Um, mm-hmm. A side note there. Uh, but I, I started with, I've been graphic to sun when I kind of started the whole business, um, side business. And um, I still love that. But at that time, it was kind of like, you know, you had to deliver so much value for the lowest dollar you could possibly do, you know, and it was just a race to the bottom of the barrel kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I really didn't enjoy that. And I felt it was kind of hard to, you know, show people this is what we did and this is the result that you got from it. I think that's, you know, really important that we can do something for a client and we can show them, you know, this is how much money you spent and this is actually how much you got back from it. Mm-hmm. You know, we want that ROI to just kind of show from the work that we've done. But after that, um, like I said, I didn't want to do that. So I kind of looked at email marketing and found that really interesting because you can actually get some hard facts and some numbers and you, know, you can really dial in on what's happening and where the um, revenue is coming from. But after doing that for a couple of years, uh, in particular with a client, I noticed that, you know, I've been helping my client launch over and over again. And um, after that point, you know, I get to understand that, you know, I enjoy more doing all of those things than just focusing on email marketing. And it was actually I started a membership in what was it, 2018, April 2018 mm-hmm. on email marketing. So I thought I'd do that. And a couple of months in one of the members kind of says to me that, you know, she sends him me a message and she says, um, you know, she feels like my heart is not into this. I was like, what? that's kind of harsh things to say. Uh, and naturally, you know, you kind of start thinking, wow, well, that wasn't cool. And why, why is she saying that and all that stuff. But it kind of made me think about it after, you know, 20 minutes of feeling sorry for myself, um, <laughs> that, that maybe she's onto something. Because I hadn't been giving it my all and haven't been really focused on you know, really providing the value that I was planning on. Mm -hmm. So that was like a pivotal moment for me where I kind of figured out, okay, if this is not the right thing, what is? So I really had to dig deep and kind of figure out, you know, what is my son of genius? What is that I love to do? And, you know, I want to make sure that the things that I do is aligned with who I am and what I really having a huge desire for. Mm -hmm. So that led me into the path of launching and kind of digging into what i will be doing with past clients and kind of just making a pro con list, basically, you know, this is what I like doing. This is what I don't like to do just of nailing down the sound of genius, basically. So Mm -hmm. it's been a, quite a journey, you know, going from graphics design and, uh, you know, website design to helping people launch, but um, I'm loving it where I'm at right now, though.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I love that you had that moment where, You started analyzing what you were doing for clients, for existing clients. You know, I I shared the story a lot that that's what happened with me when I told my newly engaged fiance that I was going back to work somebody else's desk working in a cube because this thing wasn't happening. And it was the second time. And I was like, maybe it's just not for me. And then she's like the solid rock. She wants to know when the paycheck is coming. She wants, she's not the gambler. She's not the risk taker or anything. And then she turned around and said like, but that's not what you want. And I know that. So, you know that. And so, we'll figure it out. And I was just like, "Whoa, wait, 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 <laughs> Right. So, it caught me totally off guard. Like what you're saying with this one person that said that, you know, you didn't, like that off guard moment gives you some reflection in yourself and you start to wonder like, hey, wh- what am I doing here? So that was the like the kick in the butt that I needed that for the next week, every single night, I was like notebooks out. Like I was trying to figure out what I was doing wrong and where I was going right and all the rest of it. And like, I figured out that I was at that point in time, I didn't know it, but I was specializing my business because I was very much a generalist web developer doing Ruby on Rails and pre-HP projects and Java projects and all over the map, but I love that you kind of just took that moment, you know, for however long it took you to analyze, take some self-reflection. A lot of us that run businesses, especially client-based businesses, sometimes get so heads down that we need that outside look. So that one single member, that just reached out and said, hey, it doesn't look like you're uh, into this. <laughs> like, like, that's just a moment in time, right? But do you have anything now? that someone built in, so to speak, that could kind of give you those checks and
0: balances? I'm not sure I'm getting the question. So, if you maybe can rephrase that a little bit.
1: Sure. Yeah. So, in other words, like that one member kind of like gave you that self-reflection. My then fiance, now wife, she does my checks and balances. Like once she starts to see me go a little sideways a little bit, she, she kind of brings me back and says, hey, what's going on here? Is there something up, something wrong, you know, something not clicking or whatever? Is there anybody like that for you that you've kind of built in at this point? Like, hey, call me on whatever you may see that
0: is not normal. Right. Now I get it. Not really, because I think I made the decision back then. I spent the entire summer kind of figuring out what I want to do. And by the time of August, I kind of made the decision that, you know, I'm going to trust my gut a little bit more, my intuition, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever feels right. I know that kind of... Sounds a little bit cheesy and, you know, cliche and all that stuff. But I mean, from that point on when I kind of trusted my gut and my intuition to kind of go with whatever feels right, things have been moving along in I want to say a faster progress. And, you know, it just feels lighter. It just feels easier. It doesn't feel forced at any point at all. So I think that's kind of it has been my balance person. Mm-hmm. It's just been myself and my intuition. But um at later point, you know, I've decided, you know, to invest in a business coach as well. But um but that's kind of a different thing. But yeah, I think my yeah. gut and my intuition has been like the uh go-to.
1: <laughs> Outside perspective, like what Ken says as he shares his story with us, sometimes is what you need as a business owner to help you or challenge you to ultimately become who you were meant to be. I know that at some point in time, we'll all be allowed back out into the world and meet up at events, masterminds, retreats to help inspire each other and challenge each other as we grow our businesses. But you don't need those things or to spend a ton of money to get that. Welcome Feast Club, feastclub.co. No more stale articles from 2008 on the web giving you advice on how to run your business and double your revenue. As a Feast Club member, you're going to be a part of a community of like-minded service providers building predictable income and systems to grow their business in today's market right this minute. Support confidence and being challenged from everyone in feast club helps you make great strides to achieve the goals that you set out for when you started your business this is a private community but there isn't some golden gate that you need to pay a high price for entry it's only five dollars a month inside you'll find stories strategies resources for marketing optimizing selling pricing and ultimately building your services so your business grows. It's a safe place for any designer, developer, or client service business owner to share ideas and get support. And yes, even land a project or two. You'll get access to a private Slack community and a super secret podcast. And I know you like podcasts because you're listening to this one. You'll also get access to a monthly live Q&A a virtual meetup of sorts, as well as virtual co-working sessions, all of this for just $5 a month. So if you want to check it out and join a community that's built on the saying, a rising tide raises all boats, head on over to feastclub.co today. And yes, again, you heard that right. It's only $5 a month. That's a cup of coffee, but I don't know how for how long. So if you join today, you'll lock that in for as long as you are a member. I hope to see you inside the club. Now, let's go back to that conversation between Kent and myself. It's funny that you mentioned that because like it, it takes experience to like
0: trust your gut. Yeah. You don't do that in the beginning of if you're starting your business. Absolutely not.
1: Right. And if you do, it falls flat usually. right, and Or you find yourself in a bad way. But the thing is, it's like, because I think what, and that's, that's, what's so strange is like in the beginning, you can't trust your gut. You have to kind of like, you know, have some structure. You can't like lean on instincts or anything, but because you've trained yourself for that, once you get to that certain point where you're, hey, I need to start trusting my gut because my, now my gut is, has learned <laughs> from the structure and my gut has changed its point of view, so to speak. It's like you're apprehensive. I know I was. Like I was like, that's why like now I have a, a, a two flag rule, right? Like anytime I have a client come through or a lead come through that's going to be a client, if I see two flags, two red flags, most of the time it's just from my gut, I pass on it. I just say, it's not going to be a good fit, right? There's no hard line check boxes that I can tick off that say like, yes, this is you know not good or whatever. But trusting of the gut allows me then to say, okay, once my gut tells me a couple of times in a row and it's been correct, it does allow me to move faster because it, it reduces all the other noise. And at least from my perspective, it's like, if I want to launch a new service or a new product or something of that nature... Yeah, there's probably all these things I should go right in a row, but if I'm just testing the waters, let me move as fast as I possibly can. I may fall flat, I may have some success or I may have great success, right? But if I don't move and I don't move fast and I ignore everybody else's you know, kind of noise, then I get the results faster, right? And so that allows me to then move even faster, right? And so I love that you said that. And to this point, and maybe we touched upon it already, but I do like to ask every guest is what your defining moment in life so far is, whether it's professional or personal, maybe it's the one that you just mentioned.
0: Mm, well, it's definitely been a couple, definitely the one that we talked about, like the pivotal moment that um, changed my business and the way I kind of run my business. But also just, um, you know, on a personal perspective, it's more like having kids Mm-hmm. And getting married and doing all that, you know, <laughs> the right stuff. in, in a course. But, but just getting, a, you know, kids has been a huge difference in my life, to be honest. It's, um, I like to say that, you know, with the kids, their unconditional love is something you can't really understand until you have the kids yourself. We can get so frustrated with our kids <laughs> at some point because they don't <laughs> listen. You know, they do whatever they want to do. Uh, and you might yell at them, you might get mad at them, and they might get mad at you and yell at you. But at the end of the day, you know, once you come back from home, from work, the, the next day, you know, they meet you in the door and they come running to you and give you the biggest hug that you can ever imagine. And, you know, everything just feels right. It's an amazing feeling.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on the kid front. I mean, I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old and like, it's just like <laughs> frustration level. Like yesterday, frustration level was at its peak. But, you know, it, it is what it is, right? And like, just the way that they view the world. For me, that's been transformative. It's just, you know, somebody had asked me recently, like, what my favorite holiday was. And, you know, I I said Christmas. Like, you know, that's kind of a standard thing. But it's only because I can see Christmas through my kids' eyes. Mm -hmm. Like, like for the very first time, like, you know, when both of my boys, you know, saw the Christmas tree for the first time. You know, they no idea what this thing is. All of a sudden, there's a big plant in the house, right? (laughs) So, like, what is this? Right. (laughs) But... All of that stuff is just awesome to watch. And I was talking with Troy Dean and uh, we were just talking because his kids are like just behind mine, right? So I have a three and one year old. He's got, I think, I think it's like his is two and and he just had another one. And I said, look, one thing that I got to ask, when you had kids, all of a sudden, did you wonder what you were focused on before? Because like all of a sudden I became hyper-focused, like if I was in front of the screen, I was making sure that I was doing whatever I needed to do. And I thought I was focused before. I don't know what it is, but I'd much rather go play outside or go in the living room and play with them than be at the screen. So it's like kids is a transformative thing. So yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. So let me ask you, like the business that you're running now where you're helping your clients launch, right? You know, obviously you talked about planning, the execution of it, the actual going through the launch, those kind of things. When your clients start to, in this scenario that we live in now with the crisis going on and all that, how do your clients react to this? Say, hey, look, I'm not, you know, it's a weird time and space. I'm not going to do this
0: stuff. And how does that affect your business? Yeah, I would say they act like everybody else. I mean most people, I'm not saying everybody, but most people have thought about, you know, the crisis is as if nobody can afford to buy my stuff anymore. Uh, People are thinking about other stuff and, you know, nobody's going to buy from me and all that stuff. And it's perfectly normal to think that because we see it in the media that, you know, people getting laid off or worse. I mean, it's not fun to watch at all, Mm -hmm. but obviously there's still people out there who still have their jobs or perhaps doing even better than before because of the crisis that happened. That means there's still people out there who are willing to buy your stuff and they have the potential to buy it as well. So I think you know you would do your audience a disservice if you don't actually put your offer out there and just give it a chance for them mm-hmm. to buy it. I mean, it's not your decision to make the decision for them to say, hey, you can't buy my stuff because I'm not gonna put it out there let them make the decision for themselves. And if they want to buy, they buy. If they don't, that's fine too. Mm -hmm. And it's really that simple.
1: So did you have clients that just said, Hey, I'm not going to do this
0: and definitely had, you know, the doubts coming up and where I kind (laughs) of have to force them to, you know, we're doing this, this is (laughs) happening, whether you like it or not. (laughs) So we're pushing through this. Um, I think for me personally, uh, as well, this, this crisis kind of helped me really just nail down my messaging a little bit more as well, because I can speak to the fact that, you know, we need to launch. We can't put ourselves in the same position as everybody else is and not launch. And, you know, you might up and with no business at all. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the reason why you still have to do it. And and honestly, I think people seriously needed some kind of distraction. So if you had a course or membership, whatever, and they could be distracted by, you know, focusing on something else. Rather than the crisis that we're in, um I think that's you know a bad thing to be honest,
1: yeah, so you play a little bit of a psychologist with your clients.
0: <laughs> I mean, you might not think it, but the launching in itself, uh, sure there's a lot of bits and pieces and all that need to fit together, but what it comes down to when you're actually in that launch week is you know you have you're so excited, oh, I'm gonna launch this is so fun and then first day, me you might get a few sales and you, you know, okay, that's fine, and day two, three. Nothing's happening. It's like people are not buying. Oh my God. What am I doing wrong? There's nothing wrong here. And you going on crazy and thinking all these crazy thoughts and then you maybe do something and then you get the last day. And obviously you might get even more sales because the last days, as we know, is, you know, the big day for getting the sales. Uh, but at the end of it, you might actually think that, you know, you didn't meet your goals and you're really struggling with that. And even though the goals really is something you kind of came up with, you really didn't know what results is going to be like. So you get really attached to that. And so, yeah, I mean, it's a emotional roller coaster and all through that, I kind of need to be, like I said, the psychologist and kind of say you know, this is fine. This is perfectly normal. And, you know, try to talk them out of this, but, you know, wrap are in and kind of get them up again and get the train going. So yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. It's funny.
1: Cause I'm in a mastermind group and we meet weekly. And, uh, one of the ladies in there, She does basically teaches pattern design. So the things that you would just, I mean, it's very elegant, artistic type work. And she launched and she was asking all of us, like, you know, should I not launch? Should I launch? Like, you know, I don't even know what to expect with this. And she had launched several times before. Well, last week she came on and said, this was my best launch ever. Six figures. I had never reached that number, all this, that, and the other thing. And she, she was overjoyed. You could totally tell. We were even saying like, hey, I've never seen you move so much and animated and everything. She was so overjoyed. And I think it went to, you know, what you said. It's like people could be looking for a distraction, right, away from what's going on at this point in time. But I think it's more so what you said is like, let them decide if they want to buy, right? Like either they do or they don't. Either way is fine. But give them the opportunity to do so.
0: Yeah, because we really don't have any control of whether people are buying or not. Sure, we can, you know, influence them to buy, but we can't actually say, you know, you have to buy it for me. Mm -hmm. We can't grab them inside the screen, just kind of pull them in and say that you have to buy. We can't do that. So it's really up to them no matter what we do.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's so fascinating, too, because like part of what I do is launch campaigns for emails. I don't do all of the ads and the webinars and all the rest of it, but I do the email support for it segmentation and all, of all that good stuff, it's funny. My clients always, not always, but I should say oftentimes my clients then feel a bit imposter syndrome right at that point, right? Like we push go, we're gone. right? How do you help your clients kind of position themselves? Or maybe your clients are just extroverts and they're fine with it. But if not, how do you help them overcome that imposter syndrome or being the face, if you will, of their brand, their business and putting themselves out there for these
0: launches? That's a great question, actually. I think I kind of can relate to the whole imposter syndrome. I mean, I've been there probably a million times myself, so I kind of understand what they're going through. And like you said, or like we talked about earlier, kind of being the psychologist, kind of just talking them through and making them sure that they understand that, you know, this is not really about you. It's more about, you know, you just kind of, like I say, this is disservice service not share what you have to offer and what you know, you want to share that knowledge with other people that who want to buy. And it goes back to, you know, it's up to them to decide whether they want to buy or not. So I think, yeah, it's a combination of just understanding where they're at and kind of being through that myself and being the psychologist to make sure that, you know, that we get on top of this and, I don't want to say that I'm a, I'm a cheerleader, but I guess that I kind of am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in that moment, I think that kind of helps just kind of make sure that, you know, they get on top of that, getting that trophy and, you know, just making sure that they're you know, staying on top of everything. So I got to ask, do you
1: do clients for their first launch or have they launched before and then come to you?
0: I prefer that they have launched so they kind of understand what, Launch is all about because if you haven't done a launch before, you kind of have no idea what you're getting into. Mm -hmm. But then again, you know, I love to help people who have not launched before, but not in the same kind of way with the one on one coaching. I would rather have somebody who's been through this, who knows what they can expect and what I expect from them as well. So, yeah. I was going to ask you how many,
1: and obviously it probably depends, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts on how many launches until. They feel like they've made it.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't really think that anybody feel like they made it, probably, but because <laughs> I mean, once you get to you know one of the milestones that you set yourself, you you know you put out a new milestone, so you're always chasing something new and something better. So uh, there's always that, but um I don't think I can tell you whether it's that you know it's one launch or it's five launches, ten, fifty launches. Because you're always going to be nervous, you know, you're always going to be thinking back, you know, oh, oh my God, what if nobody's um, buying, you know, there's always going to be that thought back up in your head. But, you know, as you've been doing this a lot more and maybe you worked on yourself and, you know, trying to become better, you might be actually able to reframe that whole thinking and just catch it and stopping yourself from thinking that thought and, you know, just saying to yourself that, let go of that. This will work out fine. People are going to buy. Let's go. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: I mean, over the launches that you've done and, and working with various clients, what is the one thing that you've learned from
0: doing so many of the launches? I think one thing is that, you know, the more prepared we are, the better the launch kind of goes. Like I mentioned early on in the, the interview here is that, you know, once you actually get to the launch, you want to clear off everything else and you just want to focus on launch and, you know, getting out there and serving your audience and just showing up. And that's what you want to do. I like to say that you, once you get to launch, you just want to press play and go, and that's it. You don't want to think about anything else. You just want to do what you have to do. And I'm sure you also know this, but once you get into launch, you are sure that something is going to go wrong. There's some technical difficulties of some kind. The webinar doesn't work or whatever, but then you at least have like, the energy and it has basically gone to kind of deal with that and deal with it quickly and, you know, find the best solution and then move on instead of trying to do that and do all the stuff that you didn't manage to do before. Mm. So I have a checklist,
1: keep you on point. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, before I let you go, what's up next for the next six, 12 months?
0: Well, I um, recently started talking about creating a membership actually. So, like you said, I have a podcast. It's called "Oh My God, I'm Launching," where we kind of talk about you know launches and mm-hmm. all the crazy stuff that goes with it. Uh, but I want to create a membership out of that to you know upgrade that experience that you get with the uh, podcast. So I have a lot of guests and want to bring those guests into the membership. You know, have a lot of Q and As with them. Make sure that people get accountability and you know that that they have like this community that kind of understands what a launch is and how we can help each other out. You know, it's um, always nice to get somebody else's opinion. We all know that. So that's, like, one of the things that I want to do, and I want to continue doing the podcast, obviously. I'm closing in on recording 50 episodes soon, so. Thanks. Congrats. That's, uh, that's pretty nice. Um, but, you know, I just um, want to make sure that, you know, I reach that 100K goal by the end of 2020, but we'll see if that happens or not. But whether it does or not, it doesn't mean a thing. So it's just a nice goal to have. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, first of all, thanks,
1: Ken, for sharing your time and wisdom today. Where can folks reach out and say thanks?
0: Uh, People can reach out on Instagram. That's where I kind of spend most of my time. So it's Ken Westgar. That's W-E-S-T-G-A-A-R-D. And just, uh, you know, hit me up with a DM or whatever, and we'll have a chat. Awesome. And we'll link all of
1: that, obviously, in the show notes as well. Again, thank you, Ken, for coming on and, and sharing some time with us. For all of you listening, until next time, it's your time to live in the feast. Wow. It is so important to not speak for our clients. If there is one single takeaway that I would love for you to get from this episode, it's to not speak for your clients. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there and sell what you have to offer. If you enjoyed this episode, I can speak for both Ken and myself by saying that we would love to hear the one takeaway that you actually got from it. If it was that, go ahead and let us know by just simply using the podcast app of your choice and leave a comment or review. Or go ahead and share it in a tweet and tag me, at Rez, that's with three Zs. Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you'll be the first to listen in next week when we dive into another success story on building your business. Until then, it's your time to live in the feast.